This week on the show, we go back in time to think about Christmas and give our thoughts on a Christmas peril for the episode of the week. We also go over Sick Day and Milo's Shadow, which begin to introduce the larger story arc of the season. Then we're going to go and we're going to time travel a little ways into the future to talk about some ridiculous rumors. All this and more this week on A Miracle or a Milo. Today is gonna be exceptional, never boring even for a minute. It's my world and we're all living in it. Oh, never boring even for a minute. It's my world and we're all living in it. Hello everyone and welcome back. This is the Christmas episode of A Miracle or a Milo. I'm really hoping this is released by Christmas time, that I uh, have time to edit it. But uh, we're, we're back for another episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the last one about Field of Screams and uh, what, was, what was the other episode that went with that? Um, we're real Milo Murphy's Law fans here on this show. Yes. We know all the episodes. We do. It's in my notes. I'll look here. <laughs> oh, Spy Little Sister. Spy okay. Little Sister. Okay. So that's, that's the... We did I didn't those, even find the note. I just remembered it. We we did those two last week, but now now we're gonna be moving on, and we're gonna be doing uh, sick day and uh, what's, what's what's the other one this week? Milo's shadow. Milo's shadow. Yes. Okay. So, but before we get there, we should just take some time, and just you know, relax and just put put on a, the fireplace. So set set the mood. Turn on the fireplace in your house. If it's a gas fireplace, or light it up. And then put on some Christmas music in the background to listen to as you're listening to this podcast. So that you can listen to both at the same time. And just set the Christmas mood, as I'm sure Rachel has done already as we're recording. How are you doing this week, Rachel? <laughs> I am doing great, and I am definitely in the Christmas mood. <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. And the best way to get into the Christmas mood, other than everything I just said is probably to watch Milo Murphy's Law, A Christmas Peril. So that's our episode of the week. I would say either that or you just listen to um, Sabrina Carpenter's version of the Grinch song. Yeah, that that works (laughs) too, since she doesn't have any music in Milo Murphy's Law. Other than the Spy Little Sister. But I forgot about that earlier, so I'm forgetting about it now. It's not aired yet, so it's te- it's not technically aired yet, so not we don't know we don't know about it. As we just did an episode reviewing it. <laughs> Time travel is what I'm gonna go with again. That's right. That's right. That's one of my main answers all the time. It's time travel. Time travel. It's just it's everything. If nothing makes sense, it's either time travel or um, humor over knowledge. Yes. Over logic. There was a there was a tweet released uh, today, and it was like zombie zombie Tardis. Uh, Joshua Perret, one of the writers for the show, he said that uh, funny always comes over logic. So anytime in Milo Murphy's Law, when you're wondering that doesn't make sense, it's like oh well they were just trying to be funny, and they weren't they didn't want you to think too hard about it. That'd be a good one to go on the back. Like if you were to make a shirt or something with quotes on it, you put that on the back as. His, the quote from him as a writer. Funny equals... Funny is greater than logic. So speaking of logic and not making sense, a Christmas perils story uh, with Cavendish and Dakota. This, this, this doesn't make sense because in one of the episodes before the Isle of Lost Dakotas, it was shown that, uh, you know, the timeline remnants stay. And then in this one, 
when Cavendish and Dakota change the past, they all start disappearing as if they shouldn't be there. And so there's no continuity with the time travel. And this made a lot of people unhappy, but it, it just goes to show, it proves that logic comes secondary to funny. I'm not even sure if that counts as the funny, just thinking about the... No, well, the disappearing did come tying in with jokes, so I guess it would. That's true, but I think I feel like they could have worked it just a little bit better. Yeah, it didn't tie in completely with a joke, so... I, I feel like I've seen other people rewrite the story. Uh, there's one good video about it. Uh, Tiger Bob and Adam, uh, off topic, TBA off topic, did a video, and she like rewrote a Christmas Carol so that it was better. I thought it was really cool. I don't think I've ever, no, I don't think I've ever seen any rewrites for a Christmas Carol. I did not know anybody had done that. Yeah, she did that. Cause she did like a best and worst of season one of Milo Murphy's Long Christmas Carol was like her worst. So she was like, here's how I'd rewrite it. This is the worst time to say that, but I would probably have to agree there for season one. Yeah, a Christmas Peril was just there was there was a lot of potential, but it was just it was just a rough rough episode. Yeah, and for me, I was really sad because I'm like, to me, the holiday specials are what get me really excited. So Halloween, Christmas, everything about that. So like, I was excited for the Halloween episode, and that one lived up to my expectations and probably passed them. That was great. And, then we get to the Christmas Peril, and I'm still just as excited and get to the end of it. I'm like, I'm actually a little bit disappointed. It's, it's going like, to be a year to... before you get more Milo, and this is the sour note you're left on. Yeah. And, like, like it kind of continues a little bit in season two, because some of the episodes have a little bit of a different feel, or some things didn't add up. They're still fun. They just kind of stuck with that for a little bit longer, and then started getting, they're getting back into it. They're getting back in the swing of things. Yeah. Which I'm like, I'm happy about that. I think the the biggest problem with the Christmas Peril was that we had all seen the Phineas and Ferb Christmas Vacation, which is like one of the best episodes of that entire show. And it had like eight musical numbers. It was just an amazing episode. And then we get to a Christmas Peril and it's like, all right, so we're going to have two plots going, but they're not really going to connect at all. And then the Cavendish and Dakota plot is going to rewrite established canon and then Milo's plot is going to introduce 20 new characters for for a Christmas special, which is supposed to be like a celebration of everything that the show is. Like, like you can introduce new characters in specials, like Blaine and Cluent in, uh, and what was it, uh, the Phineas and Ferb Christmas Vacation. But here, it's like they're trying to introduce Milo's entire extended family, and it's like, wait, 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 hold on. This is a Christmas episode. This is about Christmas. Yeah, like, with a... Phineas and Ferb, when they have their other family members come into the Christmas episodes, they're people you've already met. Like, their grandparents, you've already met them. Exactly, and I so, think that's uh, that's part of Milo Murphy's Law Season 1 world-building. It had trouble with uh, establishing... Like, I feel like we should have met Neil halfway through the season, not the second till, like, last episode. And, like, meeting Milo's think- family, like, that should have been done earlier in the season. <laughs> They could have, no, they probably couldn't have, that one made sense. So they, they could have come on a family vacation, but I'm like, no, that would not work. <laughs> Milo wasn't even there 90% of the time, so even if they were, they wouldn't probably have much character focus. But I mean, sometimes characters are just introduced, like, just kind of, like, in the background, like, uh, like, Jeremy was never, he was just had, like, a really side role in that one episode he was introduced in. And the same thing with uh, Norm. 
Like, he was just one of Doof's inventions. And then he really became a character. Yeah, I never thought, when I was younger and I watched it, I never actually really thought Norman was going to become a bigger part. But I can definitely say I'm glad he did. Spoilers! Otherwise, he wouldn't be in Milo Murphy's Law now. Oh, spoilers! Okay, but one thing with introducing Milo's family that I really liked, like, all the characters are fun and stuff, but the most enjoyable, and I think you know this, is Nate. Yes. Yeah, Nate is, he's so funny because he's like, I don't have Murphy's Law. It's, it's, it doesn't run in my genes, you know? Most of the times I think that me and my family left was when Nate was on screen. Yeah, that, that makes sense. He, he was definitely, he was like, uh, he was like a second Bradley. Yeah, he was. Maybe Bradley and him can meet at some point. There's the title of this episode, The Second Bradley. I don't know, he seemed at least a little more positive. I, to me at least. That's true. It's hard to say. We've seen him in one episode. I hope he gets another episode. Fingers crossed for the season two Milo Christmas special if we get one. Which I, I doubt. Cause... Yeah, I was like, I kind of because it's like, it's a story driven series. Like, Phineas and Ferb was episodic. And this is a story throughout the whole season. So it's harder to put this in. So yeah. we're lucky we got one. Also, I love the the song by Aaron Daniel Jacob at the end of A Christmas Peril. Uh, Christmas, it's not just a time of the year, but then we barely get to hear any of it because it's like cut off by Cavendish and Dakota talking. I was like, no, you, you're giving me one Christmas song and then it gets cut off. What is this? I was not crazy about it, and I think I was slightly disappointed because guess who I was expecting or hoping for a song song from? Melissa? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's just hard to listen to because it's like there's just so much talking. It's it's the same with um just getting started and managing Murphy's Law. That's it's true. A, yeah, you, I think you might get to hear a little bit more of that one. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I I put I put the Christmas Peril song at number ten on my top ten songs list, but I'm pretty sure now I would replace it with uh, "Just Roll with It," the extended version from uh disaster of my dreams i think i watched that video like a while back and i think i actually commented and said i thought you would put um scott's song at the top of the list as a joke and you're like i wish i had thought of that or something like that because i feel like i remember putting that yeah yeah yeah. i remember that yeah i did something similar because i have actually made a video for the christmas uh the chris top 10 christmas songs from phineas and ferb and I, I took I took that idea. I didn't fake out on the number one, but I did I did some funny stuff in the middle, kind of played with that idea. So thank you for that. <laughs> I think that was actually before we even started talking. So. So actually, there's this uh, Christmas video I've been working on. It's like the top ten Phineas and Ferb Christmas songs, but it's gotten blocked by uh, YouTube, and so it's it's not going up. And I'm really hoping they unblock it by Christmas. And I'm like. Come on, other people on YouTube are using these songs and just like regular videos. Why can't I use them? They're waiting. They want you to wait till Christmas so that can be when people open the present. Exactly. Along with this episode of the podcast, a Christmas Day special. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our main reviews for the week. First off, we have Milo's Shadow. Now, this is an episode that I am like 90% sure was aired out of order, but we'll get to that later. Um, so essentially the premise is Doofenshmirtz is following Milo um, for a day of school. And Milo is just 
not having it, and especially not Melissa and Zach. They're they're pretty fed up with the fact that Doofenshmirtz still doesn't have a job or anything like that. Um, but we start off the episode. Melissa and Zach are having a conversation about how cowboy has nothing to do with cow or a boy. And I'm thinking, how did this conversation not come up in Wilder West? Maybe that's what they were talking about when it started. I don't know. Um, Zach could have been talking about how he wanted to get a cowboy hat, too. Was, was, that, a, was that a thing? It's kind of a Phineas and Ferb reference. A very subtle one, because... Phineas was talking about wanting to get a cowboy hat in Summer Belongs to You, and it's just, I got reminded of that joke. I thought it was, you were trying to pull, like, the Wendy Stinklehopper who wanted the really big uh, cowboy hat in uh, Christmas Vacation. (laughs) No, I did not even think about that. Could have that scene, but with Melissa and Zach, I guess. (laughs) Except for, preferably don't have one of them disappear and never show up again in the series i'd rather have that that's that that'd be melissa's last melissa's last episode just that then that's how that's how her arc ends just no more melissa crazy theory time but for phineas and for maybe something happened where they messed the time she got messed up and she never lived there or something and that's why we don't see her anymore in the series maybe wendy stinklehopper is a young melissa dun 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 Thus, Melissa has already kissed Baljeet, and that's why Baljeet likes her in the Phineas and Ferb effect. Theory confirmed. Okay, I was like, first, like, we're not supposed to have ridiculous rumors about Phineas and Ferb, technically, and then you got into Mile Murphy's Longmore, and I'm like, we're not even supposed to have ridiculous rumors yet, but okay. I'll go with it. It, it just it just came, I, I saw it, yeah. and I just had to, to seize the opportunity. Yep, extra... Extra ridiculous rumors scattered throughout the episode. Exactly. All right. So, uh, Heinzlaw. <laughs> just, just, it exists. 30% horseradish. I cannot read how you are taking this joke because you're like, you seem like you find it funny, but you also seem like, why? Well, a lot of the <laughs> jokes in this episode are designed to be like, cringe-worthy funny. Like, I was kind of saving this for the end of the episode, but, like, doof squirrels in my pants victory dance. I I was that just one, like, oh, what's happening? I, that one actually was exactly the same. I'm like, why? Although there was a running gag that I did find kind of funny was the ceiling fans. Yeah, constantly the, drunk. The, yeah the ceiling fan falling t- came back from a cake explosion. Uh, so, and then it just, it just keeps falling. And in the same exact area, it's like, they're getting back at him for being written extra annoying, I don't know. Exactly. I'm like, ow, but also this is kind of amusing at the same time. But yeah, the, the doof, the doof dance, just, it, it was just, it was just no. Anyways... Uh, Doof brings up once again that he was raised by ocelots. He's like, did I ever tell you guys how I was raised by ocelots? And then the bus pulls up and they're just like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> we don't want to hear this story again. I actually liked that one, too. Like, that little moment. That was good. That was a nice callback. Like, any little thing where they show a little bit more of Melissa, Zach, or Milo getting kind of annoyed, it's actually sort of amusing. 
with their responses. Definitely, because it's like we're feeling the exact same way. Like, we get it, Doof is here, and Doof is here. Basically one of those things the series is aware of its flaws. Oh, they put this in there. Like, they put this in there, and they knew from the start probably it was gonna get a little annoying, so they're like, it's a flaw, but it's an intentional flaw. And I think that's interesting, because we're gonna have to see, you know, what payoff does all this doof stuff lead up to? Like, what's the point of him being here for well, all of these I don't episodes? Wanna, I don't want to say too much, because we're not technically to that episode yet, but it's already starting to pay off, if you ask me. Alright, so, um, the bus fairy got my letter. Scott, Scott writes to the bus fairy, and the bus fairy is now canon. There was something about that scene that, oh, them just kind of swimming around in all the papers when he first, like, that led to that, when he first tries to show off the things that he tracks about Murphy's Law. He's less organized with keeping track, I think, than Melissa is. That's true, <laughs> and that's that says a lot. That, that was a big mess, yeah. Um, also... The whole thing with him swing around, I'm sorry, it was just also another kind of amusing thing. Milo definitely seemed a little bit freaked out this time. Yeah. And, uh, and Doof, he talks, like, he mentions, like, a couple other incidents, like, uh, when the tinfoil ball ripped off the roof of his buildings, like, you know, another reference to roller coaster. And, uh, there's, there's one other one he said, I can't remember, but it was just like, oh, Phineas and Ferb references, yay, more... I liked it. I did, and these ones made they made sense because they're like they're actually visiting things he's actually done. Right, it wasn't forced. Which is, yeah, it's good to create new things too because you know new content. You're not like relying totally on the past things you've already made, but also having those little things to the past. I think. Yeah. Just made it a little better. Uh, so also, Doof somehow got a same color track outfit when when they're, like, stretching. He's like, what's gonna happen, you know? Are we gonna get a bunch of flaming pigeons come at us? And somehow he found a, a fitting track suit. I was like, wait, 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 hold I on. Actually, they, they, they keep adult track suits at the school for, for Doof? <laughs> I was actually wondering about this, too. And, like, a part of me thinks maybe Milo might just carry those in his backpack at ready, but I don't know. That would make more sense since he's got like multiple sizes of galoshes in a uh, in his backpack. Or maybe like one year they just or one at one point they accidentally ordered the wrong size, so they like to just have a bunch of adult sizes of them all sitting around. That would make sense. That I feel like that could have been a joke that was cut where it was like, "Hey, how'd you get a tracksuit?" And they're like, "Oh, well, the school got a huge donation." You know, they were made out of shredded old tracksuits, and that would be like a callback to uh, the We're Going to the Zoo episode. Yeah, that would work in that in that whole sense. So uh, we get Coach. Coach, we finally get an MML teacher coming back uh, after some major absences. Uh, he, he goes to the extraterrestrial club where they're pretty much all completely crazy. That one was the whole time sitting down watching it because, you know... Like you said, you think this is aired out of order. I'm just like, what is even going on? This is really sudden and really bizarre. I don't know what's happening. It made no sense. Of course, then you see a later episode and you get a little bit more context. Right, and... For what, or, yeah. what might have been 
No reference intentional. Because you, you get this Intended. scene, and it's like Cavendish, he comes in, but he's by himself, and we're all like, when we saw this, we were like, why is Cavendish by himself? And, it, like, nobody was able to figure out, like, where is Dakota? Why, what is Cavendish? What secret information is he trying to tell them? Pretty sure, and spoiler, spoiler warning for uh, the episode Abducting Murphy's Law, because this is going to go into that. In that episode they cavendish uh is pretty certain that milo was abducted by the aliens and dakota or not milo but it's just somebody was abducted by the aliens and milo doesn't or not milo uh dakota doesn't believe him and neither does uh bob Locke. and so he essentially breaks himself off from dakota makes dakota forget where he's gone and he kind of goes off by himself to explore or not to explore but to find somebody to tell you know, people are being abducted and nobody's doing anything about it, at least not the legal alien department. So this makes sense that this would be a group that he would go to, given that he's not exactly the brightest bulb. He's like, yeah, let me go to the community center's extraterrestrial club. That's that's a good place to start. But, uh, so that's probably why Cavendish is here. But it's so weird that we know they paired this with this episode because in the credits, there's, like, frames from both episodes. But this is before Sick Day, when it would have to come after Sick Day. So... I'm just I'm just so incredibly confused by the order at this point. It is literally DuckTales over again. Except for probably even more confusing. I mean, at least they didn't air The Shadow Wars like the second episode. That would have been terrible. <laughs> Everybody would have been like, what is going on? It would have been so lost. We wouldn't know most of the characters involved yet right like even if they had aired like the last crash of the sun chaser like halfway through the season like there there would be some major problems it'd be like one second you're getting your family all back together and the next it's falling apart again like literally episodes apart so yeah it's just uh, spoilers if you've not watched ducktales obviously i'm gonna like keep they keep trying to ask the creators, like, what's what's going on with the order of these episodes? Because this, this just doesn't seem right. They're probably just like, we don't even know. Yeah, they're probably like, ah, oh, we, we thought something funny. Doof. Doof dance. Yeah. Like, half the time with things like that, they don't even know. Like, they didn't plan it. Or it was something that, like, Disney scheduling did. Yeah. As it says, like, exactly what I mean, because... You cannot predict what Disney is going to do to your show. Also, I just realized this today. I don't know if it's because my Disney Now app wasn't updating properly, but it's actually just now showing Disney Channel under Disney Now. It's actually showing Milo Murphy's Law on there. Oh, nice. So Milo's officially a Disney Channel show. Yeah, and I'm like, I've been waiting so long for this, and now it's not just a picture of Milo's face. It's a picture of him... Melissa and Zach, and I'm like, now they're all involved. It's perfect. Oh, that's fantastic. We just need the little emojis for them. Yep. They, they've created some in a game, but they don't have it to where you can put it as like a profile thing. I'm like, I know nobody sees this, and it doesn't have too much of a point, but I'm like, I want to put Milo as the little profile picture. I need I need to uh to play the Milo game, because there, isn't there a Milo game in the Disney Now app? There's, like, two of them, I think. And one of them has little emojis. They just drop down and you match them up and everything. 
And then another one's like Milo hits the city where you have to stop things from going wrong. I'm really missing out on the the hardcore Milo Murphy's Law fan content. They're like not really complicated games because <laughs> they're expecting kids to want to play them. But I'm like, no, I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna play a game of my favorite show, even though I am 17 and probably it's not targeted at me at all. Yep, I'd, I'd, I'd probably do the exact same thing. <laughs> um, so we get the Consortium of Otherworldly Knowledge Seekers, or the Kooks. Um, even though Consortium is spelled with a C, not a K, but they don't want to be called the Kooks. Even though the Kooks just makes them sound crazy. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Like the whole thing where he's just like saying how it's spelled with a C. And it goes into them talking about how they aren't cooks, and I know you just covered this, but just specifically the way they say it. Um, we also learned the Danville Community Center is a thing. I don't know if we had seen that before, but... Okay, so we also get the return of the Shrinkinator. And, yeah, that leads into the whole repeat of just roll with it, except for nothing works out. Elliot like, is was, so much better at protecting the school than Doofenshmirtz. He is. Like, he actually... I know he needed to realize the issue with why he wasn't completely succeeding in everything, but he actually kind of deserved that job. Like, I really think he did. Doof, Doof definitely Just, didn't deserve that job. <laughs> I hope they don't consider him next. At least the Murphy's family insurance that Doof is now under is covering all this disaster. Hopefully all of it. Doof is now an adopted Murphy. Essentially. And it's so weird, but kind of funny at the same time. Yeah, it would be like if, uh... It would be like if Storkiles came in for a season of DuckTales and just decided to live with the McQuack family. Speaking of, um, ducks, though, we once again get Elliot getting attacked by ducks. Yep. Elliot's, no, not the ducks, not the ducks. That, that is always going to be, like, one of my favorite things with Elliot. I don't know why, but, okay, just, just popped into my head. He's been attacked by ducks all this time. We need to have a moment where he works with the ducks. Like, he actually gets them to work with him. So he's got this army of ducks to fight off some kind of... Now, now you're predicting the season finale. Yeah gonna take a bunch of ducks to fight over whatever to fight off whatever threat they have to face <laughs> aliens or robots or, it might be robots I, I think goulash man is clearly the big villain of the season well like the little <laughs> robot no that's a later no we can talk about later episodes all right i mean i'm okay with it yeah we've talked about them before so i don't know why i'm being so cautious um one of the episodes actually had a robot say, or two of them in sync say, I killed the humans. So there's something with robots, ev like everywhere, more than that. But that's the most obvious point, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I loved I loved the throwback to the just roll with it. Um. So Cavendish gets kicked out of the club for trying to share that they're intergalactic garbage purveyors. Um. But. <laughs> He, he's not very nice about it. He's like, you know, some of you don't have brains, and you gentlemen are hard to put up with. So, you know, he gets kicked out. And then our favorite alien commander and alien pilot from, uh, 
whatchamacallit, managing Murphy's Law, they, they like, he knows too much. He, he has to, uh, you know, he has to be destroyed. Then they end up getting sent home by Doofenshmirtz's Go-Hominator, which, mind you, uh, I have some, some qualms with, and this, this just goes back to the logic versus funny thing. So in the episode, where's Perry, uh, Phineas and Ferb, which was like a two-parter special, the whole deal is that Perry was hit with the Go-Hominator, and he ended up in Africa because home was where the heart is. And now, in this episode, Doofenshmirtz's Go-Hominator goes off, and, like, people are just, they're just, like, going regular home. Like, the guy gets hit, and he's playing baseball, and he just goes to the base, the home baseball diamond. And then the doctor, like, like, like it's not even, like, a teleportation effect. Like... Because in, in uh, Where's Perry, like, as soon as he was hit, he, like, evaporated, and then he just appeared in Africa, and then, like, in this, they're, like, they're just, like, walking, so, like, the innator works differently now. Just... Yeah, I thought about that, too. Um, did it look different or not? I can't remember. Yeah, it was because in uh, Where's Perry, it was, like, a full-size innator. This time it was handheld. Okay. Um... Maybe this could be a different version and he had to program it differently. Or maybe the collapsing building caused it to work differently. That's the logic I'm going to try to fit in with this. That's possible. But so anyways, the aliens, they get sent back home, presumably delayed in their quest to capture Cavendish. Um, uh, I don't know if they were trying to capture Cavendish. You think they were trying to kill him? Maybe. Like... <laughs> Honestly, with him, it's happened so many times. This this is true. Um, They're trying to show you he. it's just as likely to happen with that Dakota around, and they're trying to make us worry, I think. That that makes much more sense than my theory, so we'll, we'll go with that. But how did, how did they know about Cavendish? How did they know Cavendish knew stuff? Like, I am confusion. I feel like, I really feel like this is out of order. I'm going to stick with what you just said and say it was out of order because I have no there's no other reason I can think of because yeah that is very confusing and so confusing I can't make a proper sentence right now like I keep losing where I'm going with this yeah it's that confusing that's where I'm gonna leave it at so so then after Doof's cringe dance uh Doof doesn't learn his lesson Milo says maybe you just needs to maybe you just need to think things through a little harder and he's like yeah that's not gonna happen what no doof learn your lesson man come on yeah i was like milo started saying that i was actually like happy for sweet i'm like oh my gosh she's finally gonna learn and i heard the silence starting and him looking around and something like it's not gonna happen they said that and i'm like oh come on <laughs> learn your lesson he got hit on the head one too many times with those ceiling fans and just couldn't couldn't learn it. That's a good logical explanation. Like, we'll I go with that. His, I know that's kind of a part of his character. Like he's actually very tough to teach a lesson, but I was just like, usually it's kind of funny. Now it's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, like if you go like something where it's like uh, he brings out Mr. Tomato. Like that's that's like a funny kind of incompetence. Like he <laughs> Yeah. That's that's what we were missing there. Mr. Tomato. He needed to bring out Mr. Tomato and be like 
uh, be like, you know, I did not learn anything. They have like, at his, um, at Milo's house, not at his school. They have like a little play or something to bring home with puppets. I don't know why. Don't ask me the context. And he brings up Mr. Tomato Head as they're doing it. And everybody just gives him the weirdest look because they're like, what is that thing? Yeah, that would make sense. D.O.G. probably... And then D.O.G. jumps up, snatches it, and runs off. Next thing you know, Doof's chasing him, and that's the last you see of him in that episode. That's his cameo. I feel like it would be Recurring Raccoon who would take it. Would he? I know, Mr. Tomato, that's that's a hard thing for anybody to want. <laughs> no. Would he? Probably. I mean, I don't, I don't know. After a certain episode, would he really take it? Yeah, probably, because he came back after that certain episode. Okay, so I'm like, I don't know. Unless... I believe for order anymore. Yeah, for order, so th- this is just another spoiler. There's an episode where it looks like Recurring Raccoon dies... And then there's an episode where he comes back, but it might just be out of order. Like, he might have had a death scene, and maybe, like, nobody knows at this point. It's just, it's just all discombobulated. I choose to believe that that episode is after the one where he's there again. It, is it because you want Recurring Raccoon dead? No, it's because it's me trying to make sense of what's going on. I think I think Rachel just wants Recurring Raccoon dead, because we never actually no, saw like, him die. No, I like Recurring Raccoon. <laughs> recurring Raccoon is great. I would never wish that on one of Rediger's kind. Raccoons. <laughs> yes. I know you haven't seen that, but you know who I'm talking about. I, I pretty much think Milo's shadow is down there not not uh with with the lower episodes of the season just because i don't get the context and uh the the doof moments were still better the whole episode was better than uh (laughs) doof's day out which still remains my least favorite season one episode or not season one season two episode i actually had it confused because i'm thinking milo shadows your least favorite and it's like no it's doof's day out that's right i just remember that i mean this one had redeeming parts like the just roll with it part was pretty good the Cavendish parts with the alien people was pretty funny, or were pretty funny, and then like, that like there there was good stuff. It's just the ceiling fans, like the first time still that one had me laughing. Yeah, that and was I'm like good. yes, I laughed at the painful humor. That's the part that got me. And then then this also this episode also includes doof cringe dance and other stuff, but it also seems more self aware because Milo and friends are always. Like, really annoyed, so it's like, okay. They know they're being annoying. They know he's being annoying. The ceiling fan saved us again there, though. That's true. Milo definitely looked really concerned. Otherwise, that dance number could have gone on as long as Pressure. The earlier part of Pressure was fine. Yes. The rap, not so much. Rap was clever, went on too long in an episode that needed more time with other characters. So next we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about Sick Day, which to me was quite a bit, bit better than Milo's Shadow. Just all the way around. Like, it's still kind of rough, but we opened it with the episode uh, like a little reference to Phineas and Ferb, I think, with the bird crashing into the ship. That's right, yeah. And then we get into we get inside the ship while the commander is on the phone. 
and can't remember the context of what she was talking about but then she starts asking about where her agents are and income cone and Loeb. i hope i'm pronouncing it right because i keep forgetting which one it is yeah i think it's cone and Loeb. okay Loeb's the one i have trouble with so Loeb and cone and Loeb show up and like first thing i saw them i'm already like liking the characters they ended up being um very fun characters to me in this episode but Cone and Loeb start off with their parents and they're talking about leading into their mission, basically, that the commander is about to tell them about, in which she wants them to collect a DNA sample from Milo. And they're not so willing because they remind her of all the damage to the ship that got just from being close to him and watching him. And that alone, yeah, that says a lot, but I'm like, it also got me excited to see what was coming next. I think when we got where we go to next, a little bit after she drops them off by Milo's house, is Melissa and Zach walking there and talking about how Milo was actually sick that day. An interesting thing about this episode is when they go in the house, because they're on their way to give Milo his homework. And as they're talking to Milo's mom, she's telling him how she thinks that Milo would be better by the next day and that Murphy's Law apparently is not as strong when Milo's sick. I thought it was actually kind of interesting to know that. I thought that when uh, Milo was sick, that like Murphy's Law would be like stronger. Like in theory, that would make sense. Cause like, uh, there's more negative ions when he's sick. So that's like, it makes Murphy's Law like super strong. But it's nope. just trying to, it's just trying to be polite to him. It's like, okay, we'll give you a few less negative probability ions. I mean, when he's injured, it doesn't seem to have any problems. But when he's a little sick in bed, yeah, no, gotta lighten up a little bit, guys. Although, to be fair, being sick in bed kind of sucks. So. Yeah, it's, that's so much worse than a broken arm. And I cannot... Okay, it's very relatable to me when Melissa and Zach enter the room to give him his homework, and you know they're wearing masks and they refuse to let him get close to them to the point of taking a little fishing rod and like throwing it over to him that would be me because if somebody's sick I would rather you stand a good distance away from me because I don't want to take any chance yeah no being sick and that puts you out for like a day and that's like awful I had one of my sisters who was sick recently she like leaned against my door and I'm like great now i have to go clean my door and i actually did because it's like i don't want to get sick carl's afraid of germs i'm not afraid I of would, germs sir it's the no i wouldn't be. I, was say, I would be so i was gonna say it'd be carl in that sense and i'm like oh yeah that's right no i wouldn't be carl that's still a funny line and i think you remember why carl in this thing where he has apparently no nostrils oh that's right i forgot about that somebody else pointed out before and i'm like I never thought about that, but that's funny. Continuation errors, but again, this is probably a little case of logic out the door for humor, or they just forgot they said that. Like uh, when Candace, uh, her favorite sandwich was the grilled cheese, and they had said she had dairy allergies. And somebody had like asked Dan once, and I think he said it's soy cheese. Exactly. Because they hadn't thought of that, so he's like, it's soy cheese. There we go, write ourselves out. I mean, you have no other option. So I okay, but 
or go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. So I noted that uh, Sarah is still obsessed with Doctor Zone, and her character is still boring. I don't know. I don't find her character to be necessarily boring because, like, I kind of get her. And also, I can never get tired of Kate Kuchi's voice. You know, when she's playing mainly a female character. I'm just, I'm just thinking like. You know, I I totally don't get the being obsessed with a TV show to the point where you like make entire projects around it and like devote like a large chunk of your life to it. So that it's like almost what you're doing at like all times. Like I just don't get that. I feel like this is strangely sarcastic. Yes, yes, it was. Okay, <laughs> good. I got it. I'm surprised Sarah doesn't have but her yeah, own Doctor Zone podcast with Doofenshmirtz. That's how they should bond. I can't do it. I can't do a um, Sarah voice, but you can do a Doof voice. So if you can find someone to do a Sarah voice, there you go. A Sarah, a Sarah voice, a Sarah and Doof podcast. I don't know how long I could listen to that for. Like I feel like I would get t- extremely tired of the voices after like fifteen minutes. Because of the way they sound, or because? Oh wait, no, wait, you said listening, right? Just yeah, just because the way they sound, it would be like okay. Uh, we did listen to a Duke podcast interview, though. That's true, but that was only five minutes. Yeah, it was fun, though. It was fun. And I'm glad Although, Disney actually released something about the show. I know, like, finally. And I was like, I don't, I didn't no need to do this, but I, everything I, almost everything I saw, I kept retweeting. I'm like, I've already retweeted things for this. I don't know why I need to anymore, but maybe we'll get more people to see it, so it's worth it. We left off and kind of right where it should have transitioned to what would basically be Perry jumping over a fence and you know he's got his theme playing over the mp3 player and I am acknowledging his part this time hopefully with enough credit yeah that's right do that. <laughs> agent P appears and, round two yes and he's got his theme playing on an mp3 as like a little bit of a funny joke I thought it was kind of fun okay but even better is going to when he actually gets in into Milo's backyard or is walking over to Deuce um shed in and you hear Duke and Schmerz go to incorporate and then his I have no idea where that comes from or no actually I think he pointed it out yeah I'm mixing up things he pointed out the sign and then it goes Duke and Schmerz go to incorporated like singing it yeah I'm not gonna try to sing it and then he's like the I have no idea where that comes from Oh, and, and I had I had it. problems with this because in the in yeah the, the attack of the fifty foot sister episode he has like a group of four guys singing his jingle in his building, like he hires them to sing his jingle. That's where it comes from. So maybe they weren't there anymore after the maybe like they weren't working with him anymore. I'm not saying anything bad happened to them. <laughs> I'm sure they're fine. Yeah. After his building collapsed, he didn't have them anymore. So now he's just like. I have no idea where that comes from anymore. Um, I, I think we also have to kind of erase that episode just from canon because, in theory, it it makes everything in the universe bigger. So, like when when uh, like Cavendish and Dakota leave the future to go back to the past, like when when they arrive in 1965, they should be enormous because the entire Earth was so much smaller back then. that whole episode just needs to be erased from canon because it doesn't work okay so wait you said Cavendish and Dakota should be smaller 
They, no, they should be bigger, because in, okay. in that episode, there's, like, a powder dust that makes everything in the world, or in the universe, like, bigger. So, if they go back to 1965 before that powder dust, they should still be huge, oh, and the okay. Earth should be much smaller. So, when I was thinking it, they'd be smaller, and I was like, great, that impacts a joke I had really well, because I was, like, watching... Christmas episode of Phineas and Ferb um, I think it was Christmas Vacation the one that everybody seems to love I always kind of just thought now that I watched Mile Murphy's Law uh, what was the name of one of the elves the older one Blaine okay he looks a little bit like Cavendish like you could almost have Cavendish shrunk down like that and there you go He's he does yeah like, they're different enough. It's just kind of a little bit of a similarity. Yeah, no, I see it. But also, for that matter, it'd be funny bringing Orton back, or bringing him forward, and he'd be real tiny. So he'd be a little tiny Orton, a huge Cavendish Dakota, and just, like, everyone's big. And then here's little Orton. He'd, he'd be very good for sneak attacks. He would. It actually probably would have been really useful in the crossover. So, um, Doof has a chicken costume. Um, I am aware. <laughs> I think I'm D.O.G. because when he asks, do, or he says that he took D.O.G. a walk in it, and, like, asked him how he thought he looked in it, and, like, D.O.G. just turns and walks away. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's what we all did. Sometimes you just need to walk away from some of the things Doof does. Yep. I'm amazing that he, he, he keeps his reputation, especially after everybody still remembers the toilet thing. I am a superstar. It probably is inspirational to some people. Like, <laughs> this is where he started. Now look where he is now. There is hope for us all. Yes. It, once his head was in a toilet, now his body is in a chicken suit. There is hope for humanity. I was thinking... <laughs> Of time, <laughs> Professor Time, but you do you, okay? <laughs> if that's what inspires you, that's that's a major improvement. I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge. <laughs> it's like the difference between cheese pizza and pepperoni pizza. It's not that different, but it's just different enough to inspire you. No, pepperoni's a lot different. <laughs> it's a lot better. Um, okay, as we progress the story, though, when Melissa and Zach actually leave the house is when Cohen and Logue get in and you know the little thing of them disguising themselves is a bunch of different thing in the house like I think a coat rack and a sun sundial and then they end up in the kitchen and Diogi's coming and they turn into well no I can't remember if Diogi me first but they turn into like two brooms because one panicked and she's like I didn't know what else to turn into so he turned into a broom too and then when he comes back their food and water dish and this brought for me a, a kind of amusing joke yeah being like filled up the food and water and Yuji actually eating out of it it brought for a little joke where they're all disgusted basically because he's basically eating out of their mouths and I'm like um yeah that'd be kind of awkward D.O.G. gets married the title of the episode yeah <laughs> That that was one of the other parts that made it funny. Is it's just like I think it like my tongue. It's like does that mean we're married now? Josh did a good job of writing the aliens. They were really funny. I 
I've yet to draw them because I'm scared to because of how they look, but I'm also like, I really need to draw you guys interacting with some of the characters. You should start with, like, Alien Commander. I've already seen the Alien Commander King Pistachian fan art. I have seen it, too. <laughs> and someone's like, I think you're the first person to draw her. And I think they were. They have won the prize of being the first to draw the Alien Commander. Speak- Definitely the first to draw her shipped with the King Pistachian. Speaking of first to draw, they, they released an image of baby Cavanpuss, which we'll talk about that more in Ridiculous Rumors, but there were some people who were the first to draw that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that thing. I see that, and I'm just like, what is, what even is this? What, what, what is this show? Yeah, I've seen the other one that wasn't a baby one, but I'm like, how is this even weirder? And my, I, I showed my I showed my friend and she's just like she, usually she has something to say about the weird things in Milo but she had nothing she couldn't say anything about it she's like, just three little dots she's like I don't know what to say I feel like that's gonna be the uh, what, what was that thing from Phineas and Ferb the molecular combiner <laughs> that's gonna come oh, back oh the thing that did the um, cockroach and the ice cream yeah and the the Jeremy and uh, just, uh, Candace. Yeah, we were talk. We were actually talking about that when we first saw that picture. It was like that's where our mind kind of went to. Yep, that makes know, that makes sense. Um, getting back into the episode episode again. Actually, before we get to the part that I mentioned with them actually getting disgusted by Dog, we get another song, and I was not crazy about it. It was a re- rewrite of Football X7 with different lyrics. Yeah, I, I think we might have touched upon this, but I know it's um, a show with Weird Al, but yeah, we don't have to have a lot of parodies. <laughs> it, if it's with Milo, I will accept it. And if it makes sense in the context, yes. Go for it. Toboggan of Love was really good. But this song was just... It was just, it just felt cheap and just do-gooder, doof, do-gooder, doof. The clips were fun, though. It was kind of amusing to watch Perry sabotaging the, like, sabotaging the innators, and then they'd blow up and Doof would look at him, and he'd be like this really... like, what? (laughs) Yeah, it's like so fake. I'm like, you're supposed to be an expert secret agent, and I love that you can't even clearly hide this as someone who draws like how do you draw like somebody faking an expression like like what's the difference between drawing them doing that expression and then uh, drawing like a, a fake of them doing that expression i couldn't explain it i might be able to draw it but i couldn't explain it okay forcing a smile i could explain a little bit because you just usually you want to make it look a little bit kind of wobbly or if the, like raining with the mouth open just Maybe eyebrows down a little bit. They're like kind of ner- obviously nervous because they're like they're not genuine. Right. So that's an easy one to explain, but beyond that, it's a bit harder. I would probably, I'd probably have to sit down, draw it, take notes as I go along, and then tell you. Gotcha. Diochi is now the world's bossiest dog, according to Sarah. He kind of is, but yeah, I'm I'm good with it. It brought along some good things. I mean, he's he's only bossy when it when it comes to Milo's life yeah. or death. He thought the aliens were gonna kill him. He didn't know. And that's why he's one of the. That's no. That's why he is the greatest dog in the world. 
I thought it was. I believe a, that was. On, yeah, that's on his food bowl. Yeah, it was like was that was that was on his, on his food dish, right? Yeah. Going back to a little uh, <laughs> continuity error, um, the the aliens uh, translator necklaces don't don't mess up when they're near Milo. This time, they get very okay. very close and they never mess up. I think it depends on the situation because Murphy's law is unpredictable. That's true. And it's I also got I, a sense of humor. I think it's got a sense of humor. So it's like, Mila's not here with them. Let's wait, have him here, then get then we get him in here. Let's give him a little bit of a scare. Well, let's That's also uh, like he was also sick, so I guess it was a bit weaker. That too. Yeah, yeah, it was actually a lot weaker when they were in there. I think because most of his bad luck came from Dog. How do you feel about Carl cookies? I feel bad for him because I'm like, can somebody say something nice and encouraging to him, please? Is he doing anything wrong? They taste better than they look. That's not saying much. <laughs> they taste worse than they smell. At least it's not like that. Nobody likes your cookies, Carl. <laughs> Poor Carl. I just realized I wrote something wrong on my nose. It's supposed to say... Basically, to touch upon the thing with DOG fitting Conan Lowe, I put DOG fitting Conan Lowe, and I'm like, what is he doing? Fitting them for a dress or something? Or a tux? I don't know. Like, why did I put fitting? He fits them for a steak size. DOG was going to have I, alien steak for dinner. It, I guess it works. That's going to be the new dialogue for that episode. No, wait, that's not dialogue. That's just text written. <laughs> yep, I'm confused. I do like as they're as he's actually fighting with them though. Lobe's like Lobe was like smacking with his hand and he's like telling him to stay away from his mouth. It feels worse then, than it looks. The um I really like the voices of them too. Especially Lobe, like I just found Lobe's to be very fun. They have a lot of personality. Full disclosure, Later. I I don't know which one is Cone and which one is Lobe. I'm pretty sure Lobe is the blue one and Cone is yellowish orange one gotcha okay that makes sense they say it a little more clear in abducting murphy's law gotcha okay because they actually address them separately in that episode dog like as they're actually trying to just get out of the room like he could have just left it at that but he's like pulling them back in because he's not done with them yet <laughs> he's you can be savage when you mess with Milo, because he's got to teach you a lesson not to get back in here or not to get involved again. I did think that was funny. Yeah, he just wouldn't let them escape. He just wanted to chew them to pieces. And then, like, I think he actually threw them out the door himself, or the window themselves, and then, like, comes up and does this little snort thing, like, he's telling them to stay out. It's like, and stay out. Everything about D.O.G. in that episode was awesome. Aji Ente Dioji 2. This, except for this one, he's a little more intentional trying to stop them. Very much so. Smart dog. Mm -hmm. This is, we already talked about the cookies thing. So, I think after that is when the alien commander decides that because Cone and Loeb couldn't get the sample themselves, that she was going to go for it. Fine. So, you know, she I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Thanos. So she gets in the house and disguises Milo's mom, and, you know, D.O.G. gains her passage, which I actually thought he would have smelled something a little off, but I guess not. 
Yeah. She's but she's she gets... clearly much smarter. Like disguising herself as a rug, like that makes so much more sense than a sundial or a coat rack. They panicked, I think. The coat rack makes sense. The sundial did not. <laughs> um But when she actually gets into the room and is basically trying to get the DNA sample and my little hugs her, I had already mentioned this once and you know it's a little bit more knowledge as to why, but she just you know, kind of smiled. She didn't seem bugged. Yeah, she I thought actually that, seemed that was that was an interesting animation detail. Like they actually had her yeah, smile. Yeah, it's like there is no way you have bad intentions. The way you smile, you there's something else going on here, and I, I just really like that detail. And I just knew her back, and that's what started off even more my yeah, Bob Block is, is suspicious. <laughs> so like, is it you're not? then that makes me feel like he is. Bob Block is well, the bad guy. Than, That's what we've been saying. Other than details. Although, I'm probably going to end up being wrong, totally wrong about him, but who knows. We're going to have a big victory party when Bob Block turns out to be the big villain. Then we can just get, a, like, get on a Skype call and like celebrate somehow through that. Pretty much. We're going we're gonna to pop open a bop, bottle of apple cider and... Uh, uh, put on put on the episode on replay the the big reveal when Bob Block takes off his mask and he's King Pistachion. Oh, a King Pistachion, but maybe he actually <laughs> ends up ridiculous rumors touching again. But maybe he actually ends up being a robot. Yeah, we're almost something. there, so close enough. Like, no, I'll wait. I'll explain in more detail later, I guess. So uh, yeah, then phase two: the abduction of Milo Murphy. That was that was it. That was the end. And of course, she ends up getting a little sick because she was in contact with Milo, who was also sick. Oh, and Dioji did scare her out the window, too, when he realized she was an alien. Dioji, always loyal. I think it's kind of interesting how they actually have to hold their breath to transform. Yeah, it's it's a unique concept. I don't think I've ever seen that done before. Yeah, and they actually, you know, they're giving them a limitation to it that makes, I think, a little more sense. It makes it a really nice skill to have, but it also still leaves you kind of vulnerable. Depending on how long Alien Commander was on the phone call, they held their breath for a long time at the beginning of the episode. The only issue there is, though, they probably can't talk. No, wait. Lope turned into something once, and I think he was talking as he was turned into it. The cow. Like, Moe, right. Moe, we're a cow. Yeah. Uh, so somehow they can still talk. I guess something to do with the translators, maybe. Maybe it's just the thing that they turn into us to have vocal cords. Somehow they can talk while they're holding their breath, though. That's, a, that's an interesting... I didn't think about that. Yeah, if they're holding their breath, then they talk as the... How does that work? Wait a second. Wait a second. Logic is... Logic is falling apart here. Okay, this is funny because I wrote this down before Abducting Murphy's Law came out. I put that every one of the aliens is going to cower in fear the next time they see D.O.G. And I put, imagine them surrounded in mattresses and covered in pillows, fending little D.O.G. back with a scepter of... And I didn't write down what the name was because... I didn't know exactly how it was spelled. The Scepter of Kremlay. Yeah. And the pillows part was actually, like, right on. Yeah, just just about right. I'm, like, positive I wrote that before I saw that episode. That That is that is pretty impressive. I, yeah, I mean, you kind of knew Geoju was going to be mad at the aliens, but, like, you didn't really... 
know how it was going to play out. You mean if I'm like fighting them off or in the future? So let's just go ahead and uh, transition from that to ridiculous rumors, because uh, every good uh, Miracle or Milo the show has to have a decent ridiculous rumors section. So I think we should start off this section by talking about something that uh, we just found out about. There's going to be two new episodes mid-February uh, with the titles Look at This Ship and Cast Party. And uh, Rachel, you can you can go ahead and explain what the synopses are. I think. I don't know. I totally just assumed um, you were completely I know the prepared. The first one, Kavnish finds a UFO. That one is very easy for me to remember because it's very short. That makes sense. Cavendish finding a UFO after, spoiler alert, him and Dakota separated in abducting Murphy's Law. I'm trying to find the thing I have with the descriptions. Okay. Cast party. Bradley decides to get a cast over his arm, and everybody teases him of looking like Milo. <laughs> that's, that's My brother and I had a discussion about this episode this morning, but the description is all the guests at Zach's party or Zach's surprise party are wearing casts due to unusual accidents that have apparently nothing to do with Murphy's Law. I think both of them sound really interesting, but that second one. Do you think Milo will be in that episode? A whole episode without the main character. Maybe in like a Doof flashback. Like... When Doof Doof like would break the pattern. So like everybody's talking about how their whole incidents, you know, have nothing to do with Murphy's Law. Then Doof comes in and he's like, yeah, I got this broken arm. And they're like, how'd you get it? And he does a flashback and he's like, well. And like Milo gave it to him and they're like, no, 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 you can't say that. Because none of our injuries had to do with Murphy's Law. So you're breaking the pattern. Or something like that. I wish I could remember some of the crazy discussions my brother and I had about this morning because it was just everywhere. And we got on to talk about Bradley some, too. First thing I said was, okay, but imagine it. He's just like he's got one hand is a plant and the other one, or the one arm's a plant and the other one's in a cast. And then it just went on from there and it was crazy. There's a lot of places they could go with. What do you think the Milo plot will be in looking at that, look that ship? Is that going to be a... Uh... Is that going to be a ship-themed episode? Explain what kind of ship you mean for Milo. Like, like, is it going to be about Milo and Amanda, Melissa and Zach, Bradley and Joni, etc.? Or is it just going to be about Cavendish finding an alien ship? I think Milo and Amanda is really likely because they're like the super vocal couple of this show. Yeah. And Milo, no, not I said the wrong name. Zach and Melissa could have some little hints because that seems to be what they do with them for the most part let's not forget about power couple zach and lydia i don't know maybe she'll be in this episode maybe that's why they we they got we got those two random episodes that had very lydia based episodes yeah Uh, that maybe maybe this episode will just be about milo melissa and zach going to get ice cream look at that ship milo melissa and zach go to get ice cream on a on a sunny day That was from um, Agent DOG, which I'm still going to say it that way. Um, <laughs> I, I still Milo, wish I knew who wrote that. Milo and Melissa, did they actually go out for ice cream? Because I can't remember now. They suggested that they should go out for ice cream because Melissa was like, I'm kind of tired of Murphy's Law. We should do something not Murphy's Law related. And Milo's like, we could try ice cream. And they're like, okay, and that's it. Zach isn't even there. I don't know yeah, where. Yeah, it's a flashback before he even showed up there. 
Because I was like, I mean, that's a possibility that it could have been that episode, and like the top or the descriptions got messed up somehow. Yeah. But then them saying they're going out for ice cream, I'm like, I don't think that's likely. Here's something that I thought was uh, interesting because we had talked about this on Twitter. I forget if we talked about this in a previous episode, but the episode Freefall was originally written for season one. And then they kind of, they didn't have time to make it in season one, so they pushed it to season two. But they didn't change one joke, which is the October 3rd expiration date joke, which is supposed to be like, you know, it's funny because it's the day the show premiered. Um, But the problem is the entire season is canonically stated to be in winter, post Phineas and Ferb effect, because in abducting Murphy's Law, you get Dakota's joke about, yeah, Milo went missing last season too. And uh, it was like, oh, yeah, last season, like, in the fall. So all of season two is taking place in winter. But then this one episode has to be set on October 3rd so that, you know, this this joke works. But then Cavendish and Dakota are have the banner that says, you know, don't litter our planet, like, working for the PIG. So, like, where is this place? And I asked Josh on Twitter, and he said that you shouldn't let one joke ruin the show's timeline, which which kind of frustrated me, because I was like, come on, keep keep continuity, people. Um, if you want to try and keep that snowy out, yes, it was snowing, but sometimes you can get snow in fall. You can have colder days where it snows in fall, so if you say snowy out, it snowed, and it got really cold, but it's in fall, and then you act like... Um, that would have to be in... Freefall happened shortly after that. So it would have to be like September 30th? Is, is that when snow happens? Maybe? It's a bit of a stretch. It's When you're here, when, when you live where I live, it's crazy. It's like one second it's summer, one second it's fall, and then it's winter. It's completely unpredictable. Okay. Much like Murphy's Law. I just don't know. I live in Florida and it's like sunny every day, so... We've not had a big snow day yet. Like, it's just been really light. And I'm like, it started snowing this week. I'm like, okay, you better have, like, a ton of snow on the ground by tomorrow because snow way out is coming out. And it's like, better be a ton of snow. There's no day like a snow day for having fun. I am really looking forward to that, which I'm sure you guessed by now. Yeah, no, I'll wake up at 7 a.m. to watch it, and then I'll sleep for another 30 minutes, and then, <laughs> then I'll wake up and watch it again. I got, I got up last week at like 6.30 because I had to get ready first. Yeah. And then I watched it, and then I had to go right and start working. Oh, so, that's too bad. But I didn't actually feel like I lost any sleep. I, it's weird. Like, I feel like I lose sleep when I stay up later other days when I don't have Milo Murphy's Law to watch. But then I stayed up late, a little later the night before, got up early the next morning, and I felt full of energy. And I'm like, that's okay. so weird. Sometimes if you sleep too much, you feel like extra tired throughout the day. But then if you sleep, like, extra little, you feel much more energized. It's, it's weird how sleep works. I'm gonna say, I'm still going to say it was because of Milo and Phineas Ferb. Anyways, I'm going to re- return back to the point I was trying to make. If I was in the writer's room with that episode, I would have called it, instead of Freefall, the lost episode from season one. And it would have literally just been a season one episode with the pistachios and everything. And that would just be the joke, that it, it wasn't a season two episode, the lost episode from season one. Like... I thought that would be kind of funny. I thought I was clever. I thought they should hire kinda me. Kind of like, so yeah, kind of like with 
the Doctor's own lost episode. Exactly, or something. Yeah, like like along those lines. I know they didn't have the time. Like they were cutting things out as they were. Like we've heard all about it now. Like why they had to cut so many things, and Isabella had such little screen time. Yeah. And you know, the fur betraying them got cut too. Go check out the video. Yeah, that would have been awesome to see, though. Um, I just want to have seen... Okay, so so Josh said the animation was done. I want to see the animation where the Ferb Pistachion takes off the mask. Like, how... I did not... <laughs> I didn't see him say the animation was done, but I do want to see that. Yeah, because apparently that was, like, one of the very, very last things that, like, they had to decide to cut. So the animation was already done, and that's why some of Ferb looks really bad in some of the shots like his eyes on the wrong side and, and he looks like a squashed potato I'm like that's this is probably why they had him talking more other than to show off the new actor they're like make it a little weird so they're kind of hearing him talk more and then they're like wait a second why are you talking so much and you realize it's kind of strange or you know he takes off the mask and they're like that's why you were talking more yeah he's upset. I feel like that would have been I feel like that would have been built up yeah whether or not that's the reason behind one bigger eye in the front or not, I kind of doubt it, but... Have you seen the uh, animation uh, animation errors thread on Twitter? Where it's like all the, yeah. all the little animation errors? I was like, wow, they really... They missed a lot in this episode. It's still a great episode, but like animation-wise... And I was going to say something where... One of the things I wish we could have seen in the crossover, which I know we didn't cut there wouldn't have been enough time, is how exactly Milo went back to record the rest of that episode. Yeah, because you see in Missing Milo, like, uh, he, he goes on just past the one line, what, whatever will we do, Doctor? But then that's all he films. I, I yeah. noticed that. That's an interesting little plot continuity thing. I think they're wanting you to assume that they went back. Like, Orton comes back again, picks up Milo, takes him back in time just to record the last episode. That would make sense. Um, it's too bad and we never saw that, but... It'd be fun to kind of just, like, have that as a little episode or a comic or something. Yeah. Did I talk about, um... Okay, so the, you know the giant pistachion? How in Fungus Among Us he got his arm stuck in the... The the giant yeah, metal and then, thing. Yeah, like, he still has it in the crossover, too. Well, he only has it at the soup shot. In when he's, like, attacking the five of them, his hands are free. But then when he's doing soup, it's like he put it back on. <laughs> and it's like... Probably another one of the animation errors. Well, it, you know what it reminded me of? Have you seen the Aladdin movies? Um, You mean just like the cartoons? Or yeah, like, like the else? cartoon Aladdin okay. movie. I've seen the first one. Okay, so... I don't know if there's any other... But... Yeah, there's, so there's two sequels. Uh, in the first okay. one, at the end, Genie is freed, right? The cuffs come off his hands because he's a free Genie. And then in the second and third one, even though he's free, they put the cuffs back on his hands. I'm like, what? What is this? I guess they're different cuffs or something. I think it was just because they wanted to keep the character style, because like it's such a classic look with the cuffs. I, I, I guess can't like, like picturing it. It does seem like it'd be kind of empty without something. It's a, yeah, it just adds a bit of color to the character, which is just blue. You got me thinking about that thing we talked about a while ago with the whole Aladdin AU stuff with Milo. And I'm just like, again, picturing Dakota singing. Friend a whole, like a me. whole new world. Oh, Friend Like Me. Yeah, it's like perfect for him. 
Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Oh, I remember one I had a second ago but didn't get to say. Um, look at this ship. When you think about it, that ship he could have found possibly could have been the one that the aliens were riding in when Milo fell out of their ship. They took an escape pod out of it, so that could have been their ship that Cavendish is looking around. That's true. I was also thinking it could potentially be those two aliens that were in the season premiere and that were also in the, uh, the what do you call it, the snow way out that you'll see tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Of course, making time references for this is probably not going to come out for like another month, so uh, snow no, way out is not going like to come out how... tomorrow. Yeah, because we were saying like this one's going to be out on Christmas and stuff, or out by Christmas and stuff, and here we are. Finishing like, the recording. <laughs> yeah. I'm and sorry. It's a whole other year. I'm a, I'm a slow editor. Happy New Year, people, even though we said it was Christmas at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, we're time traveling again. That's in my New Year's goals, is to edit these episodes faster, okay? You know what they say about New Year's resolutions. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say this again. Um kind of explaining more about the alien thing i think while it'd be interesting to see him do the aliens we've seen from the first episode and it's no way out it'd almost be a little bit more interesting if it was the one of like the alien commander and the pilot and comb lobe and everyone yeah just because you could have him find small things that build up little hints to what they needed milo for and you're right that would make it really interesting um, I think, and don't quote me on this because my gravity falls, knowledge is kind of scattered. Um, I think there was one where Ford went on a ship, and it was like kind of looking around, and they made it very mysterious. Had a very interesting vibe about it. I oh, think yeah. they could give a similar vibe like that. That'd be kind of cool. Dipper and Mabel versus the future. Good episode. Yeah. We we really don't have any great ridiculous rumors this week. I don't think. Was Cavendish secretly a pistachio on the entire first season? Yes, we already discussed that. (laughs) I know I had some that I remembered back when we were recording this before Christmas, but now I just don't remember what they are. As I say, I'm trying to kind of remind people to watch it, and I don't know if that's helping much, but I'm like, I'm doing it anyways because I want to try to get another one, and Lauren's helping, she's like, retweeting everything i post about it and telling people to try the show too i know lauren has extra responsibility because i got my family into timeless so she owes me oh she kind of does it partially because she knows how it feels because of timeless and also because i gave timeless a try too (laughs) i don't know if that's really why but i did i'm four episodes in my family is like seven episodes in so we're, we're going strong i like I watched them all, but my attention while watching them was spacey because I was working on other things. Ah, so gotcha. I'm like, I don't remember all the details of some. So that concludes Ridiculous Rumors. Sorry there wasn't quite that much, quite as much this week. Uh, we got a little off topic. I, I, I just think that we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what, what, it, it's, you know, it's really hard to do Ridiculous Rumors for something like this because we're talking about Sick Day. And abducting Murphy's Law has already come out, so we can't theorize, oh, what is Alien Commander's, you know, plan to abduct Milo? How's this going to be? We've already seen it. It's kind of the weird yeah, thing about I, when the episodes I come out. I just remember one I had. Oh, go ahead. I might have stated it in a previous episode, but the only thing is it's already pretty much been proven wrong. And I think I already stated it, so... Yeah. I don't. So 
So hopefully when we catch up with the episodes, which hopefully we will catch up with the episodes, we'll be able to give you more on-the-spot ridiculous rumors. Coming up next week, we'll have Free Fall and Milo's World, and then we will continue on from there. And uh, yeah, so that's that's been America or Milo for this week. What an interesting episode. You got half of it in Christmas, half of it in January. Kind of jumping topics everywhere, too. Yeah, no, there was really... It, it's the, the off-topic yearly special. We'll go... Because we never go off-topic in any other episode. Mm-mm. Never. Nope. This podcast is all about Milo Murphy's Law. We never talk about DuckTales or Big Hero 6 or... You know, we, 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 we don't even mention Avatar. That would never happen. Except it I'm just... I'm tempted did. to make like a little salty comment about Voltron, but I'm like... Mm, no. No, she's I'm already brought up like... Voltron in this episode, so... Tweet about this episode using hashtag MiloMetaphors, and tweet us your best MiloMetaphors. Uh, be sure to call into the show. I just want to give a, a quick message to anybody who's called into the show previously... The way we're recording these episodes, your request might not get answered for a couple episodes just because of the way we record them and uh, how stuff works. So we're supposed to be answering two messages on the next episode, so I'm really sorry about that. I know one person has definitely called in to Anchor, and we will definitely get to that next week. So never fear, you will be on the show. Be sure to leave us more messages at anchor.fm slash miracleormilo. Uh, download the app on your phone and check out our YouTube channel for the extended version of this episode with lots of ranting. Leave your best animation error from the podcast. Also tweet that to us. The best... Did I say best animation error from the podcast? It's nighttime. We're recording this at nighttime just in case you didn't know. <laughs> tweet <us laughs> your best animation. How do you have an animation error in something that's not animated and has no pictures? Well, maybe it's from the podcast cover art that I did. I just messed up. Could be. Tweet us your favorite animation error from the crossover, and we will see you guys next week, month, year, ten years. We don't know! (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. It's my world, and we're all living in it. All credit goes to Fizzy on YouTube for recording the Milo Murphy's Law instrumental theme. The original Milo Murphy's Law theme song is copyright Disney 2018, as well as all the characters and things that we discuss. Any copyrighted content from Milo Murphy's Law in this production is used to enhance our opinions and commentary on the show.